Hey guys, welcome back. It's Chris Bercher. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom, Episode 45, Career Versus Family. Now, I did an episode on work-life balance a while back, and in that I talked about sort of getting your personal needs met and getting all the things that you need to get done in your life that aren't your job and um, sort of address some of those issues. And this is a, a piggyback to that, but specifically focused on the idea and the struggles that many of us have paying enough attention to our family or enough attention to our career. And I'm not talking about the, the eight hours that you might spend in the office. I'm talking about the whole of the efforts that go into creating, fulfilling, and performing in a, a career path that can encompass, you know, most of your day-to-day time and, you know, half or more of your actual years alive on the planet. Now, what stimulated this episode is uh, my wife and women that I've known and myself and uh, direct experience with this sort of idea that we're born having to work a job and because we need money. And the idea is that if you get a better job, then you will have a better life. And along with the better job comes more hours and more commitments and more travel and more meetings and more time spent in the office or more time spent at home working. And uh, part of this is also stimulated by a book by a woman named Lynn Swift. I'll correct that if I'm wrong, uh, called The Soul of Money. And in the beginning of that, she interviews a whole bunch of women executives, some of the highest paid and highest achieving women in American business at that time, which I think was probably the late 90s or the early 2000s. And they're all expressing regret for the amount of time they spent pursuing their careers and the amount of time they missed spending spent with their families. And sort of the, so there is this issue that's a very small subset or very big subset of work-life balance that's specifically focused on time in a daily sense and in a decadal sense spent in a career focused your attention on a career versus time spent with the family. Now, those of you that may not have kids, you may not even have a spouse, you can substitute the idea of family for um, friendships, relationships with other people. It doesn't have to be specifically about kids. For me, it's specifically about my wife and my kids, my immediate family that all share a household. This could be your parents, and certainly this, 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 um, um, goes out f- further. So I, you know, I envision life as a concentric circle with yourself in the middle and then your most intimate relationships in each one of the concentric circles. For me, it's myself, my wife, my, and it varies, my wife and or my kids in the next two concentric circles, then my parents and then my siblings and then my friends and so on. Uh, yours may be different, but it's the same sort of idea. And the, I picture this whole thing, um, basically, again, the function of time spent pursuing your career or time spent in that first concentric circle around your individual self. I can envision all the different scenarios as pie charts, and I'm going to throw up a few pie charts in the YouTube video, and for those of you that are listening to this on audio only, you know, you should be able to envision this however you envision it. Basically take 100% the size of a pie, of a circle, is the amount of energy that you have. And for the purposes of this argument, that circle can only be subdivided using two categories, one being career 
and one being family. And again, with the work-life balance episode, episode and uh, concept, those pie charts could be split up into whatever kind of little small um, pieces that you might split it up to. But for today, we're just going to talk about family and career. And a quick anecdote, I knew when I was coming up in graduate school, uh, it was when STEM and women in STEM became uh, apparent in the world. And we were encouraging women to take part in the science, technology, engineering, and mathematical sciences. And because I was in one of those, I uh, directly experienced a, the first wave, well, the first wave resulting from the STEM efforts of professional women completing uh, higher education, master's degrees, PhDs, and going on to become academics. And all of them <laughs> struggled. And I'm not picking on women, um, just making a point. All of them struggled with relationships or family issues and balancing kids and husbands or wives and their career. And they were basically being asked to make sacrifices on a daily basis to pursue their from their career side and neglect their families. And they were being asked to make, well, not sometimes being asked to make and other times not being asked to make sacrifices or being compelled to uh, want to pay more attention to their family and make sacrifices at work. And, and, and I, I was a direct witness because I was good friends with a lot of these women of their struggles. And the struggles are real. <laughs> And the flip side of that is men. It's very interesting, and I've always used the phrase 50s dads. I think men, historically, certainly in the 50s and, and earlier, 1950s, either hid these emotions, didn't feel these emotions, or actually enjoyed the fact that they got to avoid their family. I could be wrong about that, but I think Many of us know situations or knew, know men, they may be our grandfathers or our fathers, who spent a lot of time in the office and didn't really seem to feel bad about any neglect they may have bestowed upon their family. Now, our moms and grandmothers may have been angry at those men for, for, for not spending enough time at home. But watch any movie from the 80s. You're going to see a dad who worked all the time and a mom that stayed home all the time. And the dads didn't seem to f feel particularly guilty about time not spent with their families. But what we have today is women, and to a growing extent, men, struggling with wanting to spend more time with their spouses and their kids, or again, their friends and, and other relationships, and less time in the office, and the pull of those two things. Okay, so let's picture a pie chart. So a person, maybe you're a single person, maybe you're an extremely motivated professional that's married and has kids, you could have a circle that's in all one color, let's say blue, that's work. Your sphere is 100% filled with work. Your priority is work. You get up in the morning, you take a shower, you shave, you put on your business suit, and you get in your sports car, and you drive to work. Between bed and out the door, less than 30 minutes. Maybe you get to kiss your wife on the cheek, say hey to your kids if they're awake or they haven't gone to school already, and you're gone. You get home at 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Your kids might be asleep already. You eat the leftovers. You drink a beer. You do some work on your computer. You see your wife. She goes to bed. You go to whatever. That's not an uncommon scenario where let's call that 100% work. 
Now, the flip side of that is like a, a stay-at-home parent, what we used to call like a homemaker or a full-time mom. I don't know what you call it. Someone who has a, does not have a job and spends 100% of the time with their family, we could have a green circle, and we'll call that. And it's completely green. We'll call that family. Now, what, we're, what we can do is imagine all of the different scenarios where now you try to fit work or career and family in the same circle. We can have a circle that's half green and half blue. So you spend 50% of your time at work and 50% of your time with your family. We could have 30%, 20%, 10%, whatever. But what you can't see in a pie chart is that you can actually have some overlap. And, and COVID has really illustrated this. So not only there, there aren't 720 possible combinations, right, where you have or 200 different combinations where you have 99% work, 1% family, 98% work, 2% family, and, and the opposite. You know, we can envision all of those different pie charts where we have different percentages allotted to each two of these categories. But what we don't see is the overlap. And again, I think COVID has illustrated that if you work from home, there isn't a direct division in that circle anymore. Sometimes your kids are going to walk past you in a Zoom meeting or your pets are going to need to go out or you know whatever your family contribution is going to overlap with your work contribution and, and vice versa. Maybe you're having a dinner meeting, but you're answering email or you're having dinner with your family, but you're also answering email. So you're, you're blurring the lines. And so those circles could look really weird and not so much like pie charts, but now you have three sections. You have the dedicated career section, the dedicated family section, and then an overlap of, of varying widths anywhere from, you know, almost all of the circle to just a little tiny part of the circle, depending on the overlap. The question is, and you can imagine all of those different scenarios of overlap or non-overlap or 100% career, 100% family, whatever. You can imagine those. And you might be able to figure out where you are uh, currently in your situation. Now, I felt a real dissonance when my first wife and I were both trying to be professionals at beginning of our career where you're not just working 40 hours a week, clocking in, clocking out and not bringing your job home. You are working in the morning, answering emails. You're working longer at the office. You're taking business trips out of town. Um, you're distracted a large part of the time when you're not in the office and you're needing to do these things in order to be viewed as a good employee so that you might advance, get raises, get better positions in the company. In my case, get tenure. Um, those early periods, which happen to coincide with the time that most people have kids, are more demanding than a nine to five clock in, clock out type of job that you can leave at work and you don't bring home with you. We were both doing that. And I just said, whoa, this doesn't work. I'm stressed. I'm not present when I'm actually with my family. Um, I'm watching this other person go through the same thing as me. And it literally felt like we were burning the candle at both ends. And to me, it just seemed completely obvious that I would just give up my career in order to solve that problem. For me, that was a viable solution. Now, we could have multiple episodes and probably several books on whether or not that was the best decision, but for the most part, I don't care. It's worked out. Now, I'm not a 
tenured professor making $75,000 a year or whatever it is I thought I might be, and I'm never going to be because of the decision that I made, but I do have a pretty good relationship with my kids. And I have not exposed myself to the stresses of academia for the last, uh, I guess, 15 years I would have been working at least. Um, So for me, it was a good decision. But we can't all do that. Now, why this is very pertinent to me right now is my wife is going through the same thing. She's a medical professional. She is burnout. The state of American healthcare and the administration has added significant burdens to her job that have made it more difficult, less pleasurable, more time-consuming, both inside and outside of the office. She's working more hours. She's spending more time in administrative meetings. You know, the the the, the idea that she would actually be performing health services with patients is a small part of her job. And then the 70% other stuff is obtrusive, annoying, and I'll say soul-crushing. So now she's at a, at a in a position where she's her her circle is really really blue, <laughs> and the overlap into the, you know it, it she had a pretty good division of career and family, but the work overlap is pushing you know the the work parts portion has gotten larger and the overlap into the the family side has gotten even bigger to the point where, um, and she's really questioning doing something else, and I'm and I'm. totally supportive and we're sort of exploring how we're going to fix this problem but it's made it that much more apparent to me that this is a real thing there are this is from her perspective there are many groups facebook groups online groups coaches that help physicians with burnout the same sort of thing that she's going through which is something that's come up lately And and i think we could summarize all this and say that it's pretty common across disciplines no matter where you work that we want more and more out of our employees to pay them less and less. If it, it, it's it's just a thing, it's part of this growth illusion. And, and see that episode too, the the growth fallacy that I did that sort of says everything has to grow, and as part of that system, our employees are going to have to do more, and they're going to have to be married to their jobs. Um, and part of this is a relic of times years gone by because back in the day, again, like I said, the fifties dads and on, they were married to their jobs and they were secretly happy about that because it kept them from being at home with their families, which maybe they didn't want to do. But nowadays we're getting fewer people who are willing to make those sacrifices. And so there, and more corporations wanting that sort of performance from their employees. And so the dissonance and the group of people who are burning out essentially is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So this is a, a very timely issue that we're going through is that people are struggling with doing this. And the causes of this are, are pretty obvious. We want businesses want more for their money and they're less willing to recognize the needs of the employees. And of course, there are exceptions to these rules. Places like Google and some of these other businesses are are creating a, a healthy work-life balance or whatever. But um, having interviewed for over 100 jobs uh, in my last 20-some years, I see this is a lot of lip service. I see a lot of these um, corporations that broadcast work-life balance having people that we're still working 60, 70 hours a week and, and, and still sort of, I don't want to say neglecting, but, but spending less time with their, um, 
families than maybe they want to, or maybe it would be considered ideal. And, and, and no judgment, I don't know what you call that. What I'm saying is, at least for America and probably worldwide, people are not spending as much time. The green part of their circle just isn't as big as they would like it to be, and the blue part of their circle is bigger than they want it to be. There's the problem. And so what, are, what can we do about this? Well, the way I see it, you know, these, these come down to values. Maybe you value work and you want 100% work, and that's fine, and you don't have a problem. Maybe you value family, but you have to work. You don't have to have a family. You don't have to pay attention to your family. You have to feed and, and shelter and keep your family safe. By law, there are certain minimal requirements you have to do for them. But for work, they make the rules. If you want to get paid, you're going to have to do A, B, C, and D. And if that is working 70 hours a week to not get fired, then that's what you're going to do. The work part of the value system makes the decisions. You can't control that. Well, you can. You can become an internet influencer. You can do odd jobs. You can learn to live on less money. You can be self-employed. You can do some things to manipulate that work part, but you still need you know, some minimum amount of income a year in order to not have even bigger problems than what we're talking about in this episode. So you can do some things about the work part and then the family part. But let's let's take both of those entities and spread them out into a uh, diversify the values that are associated with them. So with work, we've got things like money, wealth, power, security, safety, prestige, and other things that go with work. Maybe you value those things. And so all that feeds into why you need whatever income or whatever job that you want. And so that's, that's, those things are all going to filter in and dictate how big the blue part is. Because if you want to drive three Lamborghinis and live in a 15 bedroom house and have multiple homes on the beach and have a private jet, then you're going to have to take a job. They're going to ask you to work a lot. (laughs) That's just the way it is, unless you can change those value systems. And then the family value system, you have things like love, relationships, fun, friends, peace, um, security uh, from an emotional standpoint. And so if those are the things that you value, then it's you're going to be more willing to make sacrifices in the wealth column. But so you can see my point here is if you can identify the values that are feeding into what you're doing. For example, uh, I don't want to pick on my wife, but she has a lot of, of safety fears about the future. So working a high-paying job she sees as taking care of us, her family, and herself through old age and not becoming dependent, you know, not, not ending up, you know, the extreme case ended up destitute in the street in a, in a more benign case, not being able to afford health care if somebody gets sick. So she's driven a little bit more strongly by the, the, the career side because of the money and the safety issues. Me, uh, I feel safest and surrounded by people that I love and trust and I can be myself. And so I get that. I don't get that from, I've never gotten that from work. (laughs) And so I've learned to associate those things with relationships and, you know, to the point of almost being semi codependent, um, and serving my familial needs to protect that part of me. So maybe some unhealthy behavior there, but anyway, and, and coming to terms with those things, uh, is, is, is what I'm getting at, that we can do, we can go in and say, which elements of these value systems can we control? Um, they can all be molded in some ways 
uh, whether it's changing our behaviors, changing our budgets, changing where we live, um, changing our lifestyles in order to manipulate the blue and green sections and the overlapping sections of those circles to get more of what we need. But the, the biggest constraint that I see, and this might be a whole episode later, is it will come out, is the safety mechanism. What is it that you need to feel safe? And is that money? Then you, maybe you can, maybe that can help you make peace with why you spend so much time in the office. Or maybe you can learn to work on what's underneath that need for safety. Maybe things have happened to you. Maybe you have some old beliefs associated with that. Maybe you have some inaccurate fears uh, of the future. And come by coming to terms with those, you might realize that you don't need $5 million in a retirement account to protect yourself uh, in the future or whatever that is. So by understanding the values that feed into why we work and why we want to spend time with our families, we can identify areas that we can put effort into manipulating and changing to alleviate some of the pain, remove some of the dissonance, and find that balance uh, that we're looking for, uh, whether that's something like taking a different job. You know, there are extreme things like I did. I can just quit. But like I said, when you go from all blue to all green or half blue and green to all green, that creates, you know, that might be a fairly severe change. And that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. But but, um, sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees, or we can't see the trees for the forest. And by going into a little bit more detail about what it really is that bothers us uh, about this, you know, do you just not like your job? Do you have guilt associated with not being at home with your kids and missing um, milestones and magic moments? Or, or fear, is, it, is it a fear that your kids aren't going to love you? Um, is it that money doesn't, is it that you are learning that Money doesn't buy you the safety that no matter how much money you have, you don't feel any more safe or that many, how many hours that you work, you're not feeling any more positive about your security and your position. You know, it's about continually and dynamically, is that a word? (laughs) And, you know, continually questioning our motives and whether or not um, our beliefs are accurate. And, and I think we, I, I think, you know, this is going to be an increasingly common scenario and you are, you already see it everywhere and we call it work-life balance. But like I said, I think work-life balance is a bigger umbrella. And in this case, it's very specific to career and family. How important is your career? How important is your family? When on your deathbed, which one of those two things are you going to be most proud of? And in which one of those categories are you going to have more regrets? What can you do about that now? Why, what is stopping you from making the changes? What is limiting that list of things that you can do about it now? Um, can you dig deeper into what those things are? And perhaps gain some insight um, that will enable you to make new decisions that you previously didn't think you had. Are there more choices 
than what you're allowing yourself. Because, again, for example, I could tell my wife, just quit your job. But what that's going to trigger is her fears about not having enough money. Okay, well, where did those come from? What is enough money? Who defined that? When did you decide that? Is that really enough money or is half of that enough money? That sort of thing. Uh, and there's plenty of people out there that can help you can help help you with this, but it's kind of a fun exercise uh, just to do um, on a regular basis. <laughs> and I think it makes for it's a, it's a healthy thing to do. And I encourage you to do it. Uh, don't freak out. Don't do anything drastic. But if you are having, if you are struggling with a career and family time allotment, um, try it and see if it works for you. And, and let me know. Uh, as always, I appreciate your time. Thanks for your curiosity. This is Chris Bircher and knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Next week will be a curiosity interview. So I'll be there too. Thanks, guys.